All right, gonna start the show now. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 96. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And they never saw this coming. In a thousand years. People call me a terrorist. Mm. I see myself as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Lesson one. This is the new voice I'll be working on for this season, Mr. Stark. It's, um... It needs a little work. It needs a lot of work. Shut up! <laughs> it's terrible! I know. Yeah, it's terrible. That's you, okay. You want me to get the cup back? No, please don't get right the here. cup back. Hey, hey, that's right here, Todd. Hey, now, you've screwed up your Bane voice with your other voice. Chuck <laughs> can only hold one voice in his head at a time. Oh, wait, I can do this. No, no, you can't. You've lost it. <laughs> wait. You're like a trumpet player who's lost your lip. Ah. <laughs> Oh, brother, expect one of us in the wreckage. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta go back to the well. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. To the deepest, darkest shadows of Chuck. Well, no, just just the movie. The medium dark shadows. <laughs> okay. Are we talking about your beard? Leave <laughs> <laughs> my beard out of this. It's a wonderful beard. It's very pleasant. I like to keep. I like to keep food. Safe. And you have a wonderful singing voice. What did you have for breakfast, Todd? <laughs> you know what I see when I look at you? Donut man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's donuts in the office and I can tell. <laughs> they open the box and I like fall out of the drop ceiling and go... <laughs> take the donut... <laughs> over the cube walls... I'm not, I'm not, I, there's nothing in part of, there's nothing in that I find, you know. Remotely surprising. Yeah. Beyond, beyond belief. <laughs> Scree! I put more faith in that than I do Bigfoot and UFOs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> donut monster strikes again. Climate change. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Todd the Donut Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be an interesting title for a book. Todd the Donut Monster. Ride your bike at all? Yeah, every I haven't. day. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> every day I ride my Ural nowadays. It's actually funny. I'm. Uh, I'll be on the uh, the next uh, pace uh, and other people. Potapalooza. Potapalooza. Mm -hmm. This time about winter stuff because basically I think I'm pretty much the de facto authority you, on that. You know what we gotta do? Because we're using Google Hangouts. We we got no. Well, yeah. But Google Hangouts has the little accessories. Uh -huh. Have you seen that? Oh, I was thinking I might just wear a suit and smoke a pipe through the whole thing. You can have Google like paste a monocle and a big fancy mustache on it. <laughs> Hello, friends. It is I, Todd from the Wheel Nerds. I'm here to talk to you about motorcycles Todrick, and stuff. Todrick R. Cox, Esquire. I say. <laughs> Good show, sir. I note that you ride one of those American bikes. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Please, ma'am, show me your memories. <laughs> Soon, I hope to be able to watch a pornographic movie. <laughs> what are the pornographic selections? I see by the watch on my wrist it is time for me to depart <laughs> and to find a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay her to me while I my. That's really disturbing, actually. What, you don't do that? 
a lot of listeners just turned off the show. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't ridden at all. But I'm going to San Diego, so maybe I'll ride there. I'll get, uh-huh. I'll get, get a bike from someplace. Yeah, I'll borrow. Show up at a shop, be like, "Hi, I like to ride my your bikes. Can you, can you hold my dog? <laughs> <laughs> she loves you. <laughs> In fairness, she loves everybody." No, no, if I leave, I'll leave that part out, then you'll be like, oh, nice puppy. Nice dog. Get her love tank. <laughs> Just show up at the Earl's shop being like, we'd like to test ride some more. More, yeah. Yeah, more. They, they, were, they were pretty cool about it. Mm-hmm. Except I'll be like, I've got one. They'll be like, you're going to get dog hair in the in the <laughs> sidecar. Take it cool. <laughs> It'll be worth twice as much. People buy it even faster. I don't know. I mean, they're a BMW shop, so they might take offense. Oh, well, they just won't see you. <laughs> do you see? Do you guys see that dog? <laughs> Who's, is, that, is that a stray? <laughs> it's just wandering around the shop. It's almost like the dog is looking at bikes. Do we, do we call the pound? Or do we, do we try to sell the dog something? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a fancy dog. It might have good credit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hello, dog. Do you need help? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm with the dog. It talks! (laughs) You hear that? (laughs) Do you have good credit? (laughs) Run! (laughs) Bella's looking at us like we're idiots. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the look we're getting. Hey, it's Christmas. Merry Mm -hmm. Christmas. Thank you. The Pace did, like, uh, some motorcycle gift thingy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in particular you would want? I would like a power recognition system for the Ural, or possibly just some lights that go on the front of the tub. Really? Yes. I want a HUD that fits on my helmet. You want a HUD that fits in your helmet? That's oddly specific and very nerdy. You, you, you've seen the name of our show. Oh, that. <laughs> okay, so you know my thing with the Kickstarter? Yes, you back everything ever. Pretty pretty much. But your entire house is actually filled with Kickstarter. Shut things. up. In fact, you painted I Love Kickstarter on yeah. your mailbox. You can suck it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's this one thing I found on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called uh, NuViz, and these guys are making an add-on device to do a HUD on a motorcycle helmet. Hmm. And on the phone, we've got uh, Multi, the uh, Multi, Multi, the CEO for NuViz, right? That's great. How are you doing, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. We're doing good. So I, I, I gotta, I gotta jump right in. So you gotta, first of all, what, what gave you the idea of making a HUD for motorcycles? Cause I mean, it, sure, there's a geek appeal, no doubt about it, but where did you see the hole in the market that you're like, I need to get in here and sell a ton of these? Um, well, part of this is actually due, um, due to our history or well, uh, the company that's behind, that are behind Nubis. Uh, to join a venture between, between two defense contractors, uh, one company, all our systems being optical engineering firm, and the other one, um, Apex Labs on the East Coast in DC, uh, software engineering firm that specializes in open reality software design. So, our background is really in have one display technology and the software design for that. So, um, we kind of realized, we actually discussed, or we met each other discussing, um, military applications and projects that we jointly want to work together. On and realized that we all had motorcycles and figured out, hey, if we do for for helmets in the military, um, let's let's get together and do something for our our own helmets and for our own hobbies. Cool. So you guys are like two different companies. What's is Nuviz a, a company in itself now, or are you guys still just kind of collaborating together? Or joint <coughs> and for that now we actually um, have all the resources internally that we need to 
the design development and manufacture um, the, the product. Down the road, we will certainly add on um, individual stuff that is newest, um, newest focus. Okay, so I got a really important question about this. Since you've been working on military systems, um, if I was to mount a machine gun on the sidecar of my motorcycle, could I use this to control it like they do with the helicopters? Because that would be a real value add. Uh, I can definitely see the value add for some people, but uh, obviously that's, that's not, uh, not, not an option. I'm bored. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, a working prototype now of the system? Yeah, correct. Uh, so we do have a prototype, obviously, um, uh, for all the people that checked us out on Kickstarter. Um, the, the form factor is nowhere near um, to the final design that we have designed, um, but it gives us a good impression of um, of the the optics as well as the user interface um, that, we were, that we are putting on there. And in addition to that, as I mentioned before, um, the guys on the East Coast, Apex Labs, um, they are um, the developer for Google Glass, and we can take a lot of the software engineering and put it on, on Google Glass and actually experiment with the with the user interface um, on different C2 optics um, in addition to our own um, system. Oh, okay. So I got I got to ask: when you're riding around wearing the prototype, on a scale of one to ten, how dorky do you look? With the prototype, pretty dorky. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the nine range. Okay, check. How much road time has the prototype had? Not too much, to be honest. Um, due to the phone factor, um, it's really not something that is is too comfortable um, putting in the helmet and and playing around with. Um, so we did rely on Google Glass for a lot of the experimentation um, of the device. Obviously, Google Glass is not really made for being worn inside of the helmet. Yeah, the temples being uh, the, the temples being too wide for for any normal normal fit helmet. Um, but it is really something that um, that gives us a, a good representation of what we're doing. Cool. Now let's let's talk for a second here about the focus of these things because people who haven't used Google Glasses or one of these HUD things probably don't know about it. So it's set up to I think what the site said it's set up so you focus at about thirty feet in front of you, and then it's like it's yeah, hovering there. Great, great. So um, that's um, um, a misconception that a lot of people actually have that um, that putting a head up display on your helmet or on your on your head itself would require you to focus at the the actual distance or the actual display three inches away from your eye. Um, but by definition, head up display is a transparent surface, so you look through it. And in our design, the um, image actually seems to be hovering in front of you, like you mentioned, uh, 30 feet in front of you. Speaking of someone who's getting close to needing reading glasses, that sounds great, having it hovering <laughs> at a distance as opposed to shifting focus very slowly. Correct, correct, correct. So you're not physically refocusing at three inches away, which would require, I mean, I wouldn't be able to read anything at three inches away, um, and even at 10 inches, 10 inches away, so it would maybe require reading glasses for some people. Um, but the way that it is designed, um, it's... You you won't you won't need to read uh, you won't need to wear reading glasses now on your on you know on your bike. So on that topic, keeping on the, keeping on the focus thing. So I, I'm thinking of Google glasses, and if you put somebody else's Google glasses on, and God forbid they wear glasses, it's like instant headache because it adjusts to the eye. Now is this going to have the same kind of setup where it'll be adjusted to my eye, and if Chuck for some reason puts it on his helmet, he's going to have like headache city. Um, I wouldn't really think that it's going to cause any headaches, but um, it certainly needs to be adjusted for the individual user, and we accounted for that um, in the in the hinge on the on the base plate that you mount on your helmet, as well as in the and the vertical hinge that is located between the electronics and the and the optical housing. Um, for those of the people that already checked us out, um, there's a 
you can see that the, the optics and the electronics are somewhat separated from each other, um, and which gives you that adjustability. Okay, so there's some other companies that are they're starting to tread into this space, like uh, Scully, Motion View. Where do you guys see your products fitting in with theirs? Or, you know, what niche are you going yeah. for that they're missing? Yeah, no, so um, we're absolutely familiar with all the competitors that are currently in the market. And uh, honestly, I think it's great that um, a lot of companies are interested in bringing technology like that to the, to the industry. Um, and it will certainly help everybody out to just go to overall market share and market space. Um, in terms of differentiating factors, the key factor, obviously, is that um, ours is retrofit approach which mounts onto your existing helmet. And um, we went into this with the, with the idea of making this as universal mountable as possible um, to give I'm a shoulder guy. I like the way it fits around my head and um, the shape of the helmet and the way it fits. And everybody else on the team has their preferred brand and their preferred, preferred colors and so forth. And shape and shape and fit is certainly also very important um, for safety um, safety considerations. So we want to bring technology to the already existing helmets out there that everybody has, and which also means that you can swap it out from your street helmet and put it on your adventure helmet or on your motocross helmet if you if you have several helmets for different applications. So speaking of the safety aspect of having a helmet that fits you right, um, a really common thing you hear with these heads-up display systems is, oh, you'll be safer if you have the heads-up display because you're still facing the road. Um, I noticed you guys, I actually, out of curiosity, searched for safety on your Kickstarter, and the only place it appears is in your disclaimer that says, this isn't safety gear. This is, you know, a different way to interact with your motorcycle. Correct, um, correct. I, I, I think the, uh, I think the, uh, um, the claim that this would be, would be safety gear and, and improve safety, um, without any empirical research on this, um, is to, as a statement that we can't claim at the moment, and, um, and it's really not meant to be designed, or it's not really designed to be safety gear. Um, however, you can definitely argue that keeping guys on the roads while seeing information that you want to see um, can increase safety and could be a benefit. Um, people nowadays mount their smartphones on their handlebars and trying to figure out on Google Maps where the hell they're going. Um, so, <laughs> giving 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 you the the maps in your field of view uh, in a very minimalistic and and uh, intuitive user interface. From our point of view, it's certainly beneficial. So now, it, I guess the the counterpoint you could make to that is a driver is pulling out into your lane in a truck. They look right at you. You make eye contact with them. As a motorcyclist, do you trust them not to pull out in front of you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess the interesting I, thing is you have to think about it. This person looks yeah, right no, at you, it, right? It is. Yeah, you know, when you ask me that, um, it's like you kind of want to say no right off the bat. But on the other hand, practically on a, on a day-to-day basis, you there is sort of a leap of faith you've got to take there. True. Otherwise, you just you just never leaving zero miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's you know, do you want that there in your field of vision? Even though it's there in your field of vision, you don't have to move your eyes. That mm-hmm. that's a tension you've got to vote toward a word or a number or a picture. So I guess if, if we can we can pick your brain a little here. Have, have you personally used it on your helmet and rode around looking like about a nine on the dark scale? <laughs> uh, yes, and also with uh, Google Glass and uh, and open face helmets. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I'm curious what your experience was. I, if you were using some, I mean, the, the speedometer feature sounds great to me. I guess I see all of the other stuff as being really distracting. I'm curious how it feels when you're doodling with something on the bike and riding around. Like how many of well, the really apps you have on your, on your Kickstarter are actual usable things? Hmm. I'm sorry, is that good Well, like on the Kickstarter, you have a lot of potential apps. How many of those are actual things today versus just the the speedometer that you, it looks like that we see in the in the prototype? Um, so the the user interface or the design is uh, is almost finished. Now we're putting it into uh, into the actual programming and and um, um, and production. Yeah, and so what we're seeing is what it will probably look like once it gets actually put together and see if it runs, kind of thing. Right. So when you were riding around with the prototype, what are you seeing? On the um, on the prototype, we have basically just uh, animations playing, so giving you an impression of what the user interface is and the animated user interface. So it's not actually uh, yet giving you the um, the bike results or navigation data. Mm. Can I play porn on it? Like hover, it's porn hovering <laughs> 30 feet in front of you. That's, that's, no, I mean, that's, that's actually, the, we, we did get that question quite a bit already. But it's, certainly, uh, <laughs> it's an important it's question. Certainly, certainly, certainly a feature that uh, we we will not um, not show. And uh, it's also important to mention that we're not, Versus Google Glass, which is obviously an open open system where you can stream websites and watch the video and go on YouTube. Um, our system is closed and will only show information that is already accessible to you in a different form, that it be on your navigation system or on your gauges or um, or in the communication device that you have Bluetooth with your smartphone. So um, streaming video and potentially destructive information will not be shown. So the porn package is like an add-on, then, that I'll pay extra for. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. No comment. <laughs> is that a different Kickstarter level? That <laughs> Chipping an extra 50 bucks for the porn package? <laughs> yeah, well, um, all jokes aside, uh, I think it's really important to to consider that uh, you know, this is not... Not an entertainment or video system that you put in your helmet. It's uh, supposed to give you the information that you, that yeah. you really want. Is there, well, a, is there I, I can of, see that some people would want porn on that. I do. Is there any kind of uh, regulatory concerns you, your company's kind of seen? I mean, any liability or just, you know, the DOT looking down at this kind of thing, FHA, ABC? I, I, you're, now you're just making things up. Homeland Security. NSA. Will the NSA be able to see what I'm seeing on this hook? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's, it's certainly it, it's it's definitely a very very new space. So um, we do expect that there are going to be um, discussions uh, with the you know regulatory um, um, bodies. Um, but we did design the user interface in in line with DOT guidelines, as well as the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's guidelines for non-destructive driving and. What they uh, what they say about that and how using the phases have to be designed for that. Yeah, because you guys are um, so, in California and they're they're way up the there. The land of regulation. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But again, coming back to that to the point I made earlier, Google Glass being an open system where you can actually, you know, watch a video on um, that is certainly one of the main 
differentiated to our product where um where we only give you access information that the rider already has uh when being on the bike or can buy if he is opting for the garments and so forth. I already watch porn on my bike. I don't need to hear about it, Jeff. Nobody <laughs> needs to hear about it. I've got Jeff. two smartphones, you know. Yeah, I, that, that's good. Remember that one time when I had my... No, don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Do not want to hear about it. So, uh, Kickstarter looks like it's about half-funded so far. Um, I mean, have you guys gotten a lot of... Uh, are you expecting to have to crank out a whole bunch of these when uh, the actual first run comes through? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, we currently, like you said, we are almost halfway funded. Uh, now we're actually more than halfway funded, uh, almost mm-hmm. 100000 now as of today, on a $185,000 uh, goal. So um, it looks, looks pretty promising, and I think we have so far almost 250 pre-orders of the device. Right. So, um, Very nice. Hopefully the, number, hopefully the number will increase a bit more, and... Um, we plan on obviously shipping the the final units to our Kickstarter backers uh, first, but then roll out the product um, very very quickly afterwards as well. Oh, okay. So the guys in Kickstarter, yeah, they're not the guys in Kickstarter not getting getting a prototype or a product that is um, you know has cables dangling off the side. So it's going to be the final final product that will also be then delivered to um, to the actual customers um, that are you know signing up later on. Like the end of 2014, you're seeing general availability. If everything, um, hopefully a little bit earlier than that. We okay. um, we have our shipment shipment date set for September 2014 for the Kickstarter backers. So um, yeah, fall fall 2014 sounds about right for the general um, consumer. If you got one thing you can say to our, our listeners to like get them on board about this, what would it be? Um, I mean, you already knocked out the porn. But you've already knocked out the porn aspect. Yeah, half of them just 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 turned off their radios. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important thing to mention is that it really is the consolidation about of a lot of technologies. Um, so you're getting quite a bit of a bit for your money here. Uh, we integrated the camera, free to take point of view video and photo. Um, it enables you to Bluetooth connect your smartphone for communication as well as music. And then we're obviously adding the uh, the head-up display with the navigation and telemetry and race functionality um, in one package, and that's affordable to all the hundreds that you already have. And and the final version will only be like a six on the dorky scale. Well, we're Maybe actually, uh, I'm pretty happy with the we're actually pretty happy with the industrial design uh, and the final form factor. Um, obviously, in terms of putting optics in front of the eye. There are just uh, limitations size size factor wise. Um, yeah, no, it looks pretty cool. Um, from with, uh, just from the, from, I'm sorry. I was asking about the, the with the the built-in camera. Is that just going to use the built-in flash for storage, or will that will you be able to put in a memory card for that, or or do you have to pipe it to your no, phone? No, you, you you'll be able to upgrade um, and put additional micro SD or an additional. Hi, gigabyte micro SD card in there. Oh, okay. Um, up to 64, up to 64 gigabyte will be supported. Sweet. <laughs> Chuck, stop drooling. What? It looks cool. Imagine, you know, if I put down the headband, uh-huh. I can make porn. <laughs> it always comes back to that for you, doesn't it? Well, you know, I have, I have needs. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got some no, so questions. Um, for you. We're we're pretty happy with the industrial design um, and like the like the form factor and we integrated these uh, fins on the front, which uh, just on on engine heads they also serve a cooling effect on our device. Yeah. Um, so we kind of kind of took inspiration from the from so the engine under us. Under us. I've got a surprise question for you. Oh, I'm from San Diego. I will okay. be in San Diego Thursday through Wednesday <laughs> of this week. Yeah, is the prototype there? Is there a chance I could do like a a, a visit and and see you it? Can def- you can you can definitely swing by, but most of our um, stuff right now is actually at the, uh, the office in DC. Oh, okay. Um, so there's. We can, you can definitely come by and swing by here. We can give you a tour of the lab and the office. And, um, but unfortunately you won't be able to put the prototype on your, on your helmet and take it, take it for a spin and see what it, what it feels like to look through. Damn it! A grown man is crying right now. <laughs> I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> well, I might as well just go back to my pure platinum plan, you know. Right. It's, I, I don't need to hear it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think we've got it all covered, and we're we've hit the twenty minutes. So yeah, so Multi, thanks so much for being on with us. We're, we'll we'll watch with interest to see uh, what happens with the product. Uh, listeners, we'll make a link on our website. We've already got one on Facebook, but uh, check it out. It's what yeah, you can put on you your own. Thank you for having me, and um, we're pretty excited about the about the project and the development and. Um, and yeah, we, we actually were at the IMS in LA and New York this weekend, um, and gotten a lot of good feedback from the the, the community. So I, I actually have one one final question: the refitting it to different helmets, and everybody has a different helmet that has. Who's who's the person on your team that has the really bulbous, ridiculously large head that needs the specialized helmet that this product is for? <laughs> um, so we actually all think we're either all mediums or largest, so nobody's really having uh, having a triple X head here. Oh well, it was worth so it. What it was worth an ask. It looks like it'd be pretty easy to retrofit to your bulbous melon, my giant giant. Well, I mean, the the, <laughs> the display itself, the the right head is definitely very very easily um, um, exchangeable from helmet to helmet. So um, it just mounts on the helmet with a with the, uh, high strength adhesive pad. And the base plate mounts on there, and then the unit slides in place, and we have a quick release mechanism uh, for you to take it off and and um, and put it on a different helmet. Obviously, that's obviously that requires an additional mounting plate on the second helmet, uh, but then you can just slide it in place. Cool. Sweet. Well, speaking as a geek with a giant bulbous head, I will watch with interest. Thanks so much for being on, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So that, you know, that was cool. That was a real quick you know talk with the guys from uh, Nuvis. Mm-hmm. I. I I like them immensely more now. Because every time every time I see one of these these HUD things, it makes me just frothingly mad. See, I, I was confused by that. Because yeah. uh, when the Scully came up, you were like, what a Benedict! <laughs> but then I was like, hey, look at this new Viz thing. And you're like... Well, you know, you know what it is. Quite honestly, is I, I was sitting there. I, you know, I was all excited about the scully, and I'm looking at on, you know, and breathing heavily and all this shit, and I start thinking real hard about it. I'm like, oh, I'll be able to. Uh, well, Watch porn. I can. Uh, porn. Well, I'll use it to uh, know my s- speed, and um, porn. 
well, and porn, except I don't want to watch porn while I'm riding. I don't want to adjust my music while I'm riding. I don't want to touch anything while I'm riding. I don't want, I mean, I'm vaguely annoyed that my speedometer is there and I have to look at it when mm-hmm. I'm riding. And that was kind of my realization of this is really neat, but I don't see the purpose, mm. you know, and the, the, the safety and all this nonsense just doesn't hold up because you start looking at the cell phone stuff and hands-free is much safer. No, it's not any safer. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't that you're taking your eyes anywhere. The problem isn't that you're taking your hands anywhere. The problem is that you're taking attention. your attention away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it goes back to that, the car pulls out in front of you. Do you listen to music when you ride? Yeah, sometimes. Usually when I'm on the highway or something. You know, like when we were on that big grind on I-80 back here, it was, you know, music. Um, mm-hmm. Anything with the remote amount of curves or anything, generally not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually just throw it on shuffle and ignore it. Now, one really bad grind on I-15, we were talking to each other on the cell yeah. phone. Now, the interesting thing about that <laughs> is, you know, talking Which... to somebody on a cell phone is normally a very distracting kind of thing. But it didn't bother me at all because we got to the construction zone and I'm talking to you and we get to the construction zone and the road near us and we both just stop talking. Mm-hmm. For like five minutes riding through the construction zone, it opens back up and we start talking again like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we start talking about the accident. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, man. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think there's really something to the the – the conversation with somebody who's there really is a very different thing from a conversation with someone who has no idea what's going around with you. Yes. And you're taking your attention away and putting your attention basically in this sort of like imaginary space with this person you're having a conversation with. You know, I think, oh, let me ask you this. Do you think it'd be better to have the, the Bluetooth conversation with another rider mm-hmm. or with your passenger? Do you think your passenger would pick up on that? Because, you know, with the rider to rider, we both saw the same thing. We both reacted yeah, to the same thing. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And I'm thinking about it because I have Bluetooth. You've got I don't really have Bluetooth conversations with my passenger. That's the thing. You, you get passenger is mostly like, I need to pee. Yeah. Or, hey, did you see that? Ooh, look to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like six weird things. And then if I talk at the wrong time, I interrupt her music and she gets mad. Oh, okay. So you, you guys have had the Bluetooth stuff. Oh, yeah. We've had that for years. But you haven't really. But you don't really. Yeah, you just don't have much of a conversation. You know, it'll be it'll be sort of a short, terse conversation. Mm-hmm. Although as I'm thinking about it, she even pretty well knows what's going on. It's okay. the same kind of thing. We get into a dicey situation. She'll just stop talking. Okay. You know, we roll into Cortez on the way to Durango. She just stops talking. So I, I think it's, again, and it's, I think a lot of it is being able to see what's going on. Just being in the moment. Yeah. You know. Being there. Yeah. It's different from being it's in like, the imaginary space. You know, if the person's in the car with you. It, <clears throat> back up. It's like when the person's in the car with you versus the person just coming through your, your speaker, on, you know. Yeah. Yeah, your your brain hey, is. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, you're touching yourself again. Yeah. You're watching porn on the screen in the middle of your your your, your, your GPS. I gotta tell you, talk about distraction. I've been looking at these dad cars to replace my little Econo box. <laughs> Holy shit! The stuff they have in these friggin' cars. What the, have you, What have you seen? Well, these TV screens, and I mean like a big TV screen. You can't see me holding my hands apart because we're an audio show. Yep. But you know, it's this. Yeah. Well, it's a TV screen that's like half the size of this giant monitor you have on your desk in the middle of your freaking dashboard. Mm-hmm. I look at this and I'm like, what the hell? And here's the funny part. It's canted toward the driver. Not oh, really? Not toward the passenger. 
the one on my ex-wife, it's just kind of straight. Straight, straight back, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, to, to me, I, I don't know. Like, anything complicated like that, I'd want pointed toward the passenger. Hey, where are we? I don't know. Dick with the stupid thing while I drive. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. It's really, it, it's a strange thing. But in general, just the size of the screen in the middle, and then everything is through the screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, flail around, grab knob, turn knob, left or right, it's like, Beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, volume. Stab at pla- Stab plastic thing plastic. with no tactile feedback. Yeah. <laughs> and, and try to try, try if you dare to pay attention to what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's, it's really, they, they, they love the gadgets and it feels like nobody really thinks about what the real cost of that gadget is. I love the way, um, ways. The uh, GPS app on uh, mm-hmm. smartphones. Yeah, I love what they do. The you know it detects that you're in motion. So anytime you try to do something, it gives you this split thing. Like, do you want to say it? Do you want the passenger to do it? Ah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like you don't do it, stupid. <laughs> Quit being an idiot. <laughs> my, my GPS does that. You can't if you try to like find music on it mm-hmm. while you're in motion. You uh, you it'll won't let you do it. Mm-hmm. It'll pitch no. fit. No. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, it, it's all these little widgets have a cost to them. I mean, they can be great. They can be a real boon. They can be super handy. But man, the minute you aren't driving when you're driving, <laughs> danger. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Funny thing about that. How did we get on this? Oh, gadgets. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Talking. I, you know, I kind of, I liked it. I, I really dig what they're doing with that. I mean, I like I like the idea of never having to look down. I mean, it's the Strom. Your <laughs> your speedometer on the Strom is already thirty feet away, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But you know, like the Ural, where the speedometer is like in your crotch, it'd be awful nice not to have to look down there. I mean, granted, all it's ever going to do is say slow, <laughs> slow, still slow, zero, not zero, <laughs> wicked slow. You're never going to get pulled over by a cop. Do you know how fast you were going? No. Slow. <laughs> Real slow. <laughs> False, officer. <laughs> I wanted to see if you were in trouble. <laughs> are you uh, Are you running on one cylinder? <laughs> Do you need a tow truck, sir? <laughs> oh, that low old ladies have been passing you, giving you the finger. <laughs> on foot. <laughs> on her walker. <laughs> get out of the road, stupid. <laughs> uh, so, so the porn thing brings to mind one of the biggest trends in porn right now what the biggest trend in porn right now would you care to guess what it is it's chick porn on books the kindle and e-readers have taken porny romance novels to a new level and they've got like people acting it out no, they don't have people acting out. Just just a romance Narrator? novel, which is... And I don't know if you've seen the contents of a romance novel, but it's basically like porn rendered in words. I never have. It's porny. Oh. My wife has tons of it. Oh, okay. She even refers to it as girl porn. Girl porn, okay. Yeah, but uh, the interesting thing about that is it's created a lot of copycats, it turns out. <laughs> Bad ones? Bad copycats. <laughs> Let's have a look at this ad from Albuquerque. It looks like someone from Moto Authority. Now, we had to use the Wayback Machine to find it because, of course, somebody at the office figured out uh, that somebody else had written a porn novel about a Ducati 1198. Now it's boring. Now it has just the parts and everything else. 
Previously, uh, there was a six-page porn novel. <laughs> About what? How much tail it would give you? Uh, something like that. I think carbon fiber was the thing they kept uh, kept talking about. It is amply immersed in genuine carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that's the that's only the beginning. Seventeen thousand dollars. You know, I. It is a super bike. It will go fast. It's a race bike. It goes fast. It goes fast. Fast. Uh, Ducati. Clean and clear title. Only 2K miles, most of it on the back wheel. (laughs) (laughs) You don't do wheelies on the track. I'm not sure how easy it is to not do a wheelie on this thing. Uh, You think too hard about the gas (laughs) and wheelies. Wow. I wonder what my my throttle is. What? And when you come back down the front wheel, there's a girl in the back. Yeah, just as like out of nowhere. Where did I? What? Who are you? She's like, I was, I was, I was just she putting on shoes. What the hell? Who are you? <laughs> and the bike's like, now you shall make. <laughs> and then she maces you. this other bike it, it came from it's in australia mate this is the motorcycle project bobber chopper cafe racer or boat anchor this bike is used very used although i did buy it new so can vouch for the fact that it was new once <laughs> i like how i like how uh, how honest he is uh oh i love this so the this is the third time i've listed this bike on ebay and both times before the buyer has never got in touch so i'm going for third time lucky <laughs> he also ends the ad with if you are the winning bidder you are the buyer so come <laughs> around and bloody get it or the missus will have my nuts for it sitting in the driveway for so long oh <laughs> uh, wow yeah several several highlights that i i particularly like the good bits is, is he's got this thing mechanically absolutely working. It's a Hoya Sung bobber. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad bits are is that it's unregistered and far from roadworthy. Wow, the, look at that the exhaust. The front end, it's perfect. The front indicators aren't connected. The throttle cable's broken. Needs two new tires. There's no horn, high beam switch, tachometer, fuel gauge, or instrument lights from the dash. The wiring looms are there, so you can reconnect them or just jump the wires if you're feeling particularly daring and want to feel like you're hot wiring it. No, not really. He didn't say that. Which ones are the horn? The yellow! The yellow is the horn! Beep, beep! <laughs> I've cut away the fenders. Mm-hmm. I've removed the muffler and combined the two pipes into one with duct tape. Nothing could possibly go wrong there. <laughs> okay, not duct tape, muffler wrap. No, that but, appears to be muffler wrap. But, uh... Good use of it. Wow. Yes. And the muffler, it's... Or, the muffler appears to be vaguely, oh, wait, that, he, that appears to be a pipe that's muffler shaped. Yeah, it's, uh... He, he, he removed the muffler, so he... Took a pipe and banged it a little bit fatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's muffler shaped now. Uh-huh. He notes that it is fucking loud. What's with the? Did he just take a, a grinder to the name? Uh, I appear. Yes, he does appear to have ground off Hoya Sung from the side of it. Only two things you need to know about Ho Sung: they are made in Korea. They also make ATMs. Um, that's what he says. So money comes out of the ATMs, and money goes into bikes like this. <laughs> 
I don't think there's much money that goes into this bike. That's true. I know that the mirror is also broken and dangling. It's sad. <laughs> it does look sad, doesn't the it? The mirror is sad. So there it is. If you're in Oz, here's the uh, the uh, Hoyasung Aquila 250. Now, I got to say, the name Aquila for a bike is really cool. It's just completely wasted on this bike. It's kind of a bummer on a certain level. Yeah. He, he bought this new and did this to it. You're a bad man. You are a criminal, sir. A bad, bad <laughs> man. Someone should throw a boomerang at you. That's mm-hmm. what they use there. Right? Duck afterwards really fast because yeah. it's going to come back oh. and get you. Well, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Fucking boom. Why would you make a weapon that does that? I don't know. All right. What's next? Next, we have a 1972 CB750 Honda for $2,500. 1972 was a really good year. No. Vintage year. It really was an excellent year. It was year. a terrible year. It's an awesome year. The At, 70s were awful. 41 years ago was awesome. The best thing about the 70s were the CB750s, and they were terrible. Everything that came out in 1972 is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. $2,500 awesome for a, for a 40-something-year-old bike. I'm 41. Okay. Did would... you pay $2,500 for you? Shoot. What? Uh, exactly. American? And, 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 and you can cook. So there you go. This is a 1972 CB750 Honda for $2,500. Hey, Chuck, guess what someone has done with a CB750 that they think it's worth $2,500? Uh, stretched it out? No one would stretch something like this out, turn it into a bobber, or something incredibly stupid like, oh, wait, that's put, completely what they put did. Put Busa parts on it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a custom 1972 Honda CB750 with a 200 2006, 2006 Suzuki Hayabusa front end and rear runs great 18k on motor cash only no trades new paint and seat have Illinois title and keys OBO I'm very flexible on price <laughs> mm. Suzuki Honda Yamaha Cafe Barber Harley location I'm not really sure where the Harley comes from or the Yamaha, but the rest of it could theoretically be described as accurate. Why is there only one picture of this thing? Because all the other pictures make it look even worse. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that would be fairly self-evident from the picture that's here. It says six speed on the side there. Uh Uh-huh. Six speed. Yeah. No, is it sick? Yeah, oh, okay. Sick. Yeah, so obviously it's wicked fast. It's got a Hayabusa front and rear. How could it not be fast? Mm, mm. Well, it could have something like, you know, a 40-something-year-old CB750 engine. 18,000 miles on the motor. Which is eh, not a lot, not a little. Not a lot for something from 72. That's eh, fairly common with the ones that are still going, oddly enough. Because hmm. a lot of people do horrible crap like this and turn them into bobbers and choppers and things you can't actually ride anywhere. <laughs> uh, and he le- it looks like he, he left a stock seat on. Yes, yes, in all of its two-by-four glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I, I Once again, I, I, I don't know what it is about sticking, chopping bits off a bike and making it less comfortable that makes it worth more, but it I, mean, I guess it works. Six speed, yo. Good point. It's a chick magnet. Speaking of chicks. Chicks. A couple people sent us this one. Either the bike goes or I do. Uh-huh. Um, this guy got an ultimatum from his wife. Either the Harley goes or I do. So Bob put up a uh, Craigslist ad offering mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or one or the other, I think. Well, yeah, one or the other. Uh, the Sportster is a 2006 uh, XL1200L. 
Sportster. That's the lowered one, so it has even less ground clearance. Uh, the wife is a 1959 Sportster. Come out and test ride before you buy. Wife, don't even go there. Hmm. How can you take the wife if you don't test wide? I would just, I would just point this one out. This joke is so old it can vote. Hey, haven't we seen this old? There's a hundred versions. I'm telling you, this is an old joke. Old joke. I also note that it's a Sportster L, which uh, was largely sold to women. So there's a very good chance that she is selling the bike in these original pictures. And, you know, this is just something somebody did for a joke with those pictures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. $5,900 for one or two. I should call and ask for the wife. Really? Yeah, why not? I guess whatever floats your boat, man. Well, you know, the the federal court just ruled, you know, parts of polygamy are not, you know. That's true. That's so. true. Lots of people in southern Utah are like, woohoo! Oh, yeah, the news, they were interviewing people down in, uh, what's yeah. that city, Arizona? They're like, city. that's good. I have a niece who's awful ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy's like, it should never have been illegal anyway. No, it does not lead to me trying to marry my 14 year old niece. I waited until she was 15. <laughs> this is not at all creepy. <laughs> Of course you'd say that. <laughs> Creepy people always say that. God. So uh, speaking of Australia, we had the great ad from Australia. We also had Adrian sent us a, uh, a, a letter via didgeridoo. Uh, it reads as follows. It goes on like that for a while, really. Chuck. Huh? Focus. What? I was reading the comments about the wife ad. Wow. That's a... Focus check. I'm okay. I'm closing that window. Okay. So, you're, did, did you translate to didgeridoo? Yeah, I did actually translate it into English because okay. it's going to take. It'll take a little longer because didgeridoo is a very efficient language. It is. Oh yeah. Really? I get a lot of information in a very short amount of time. Really? Yeah. You're so full of shit. No, I'm not. You know, I mean, something like yes. is actually you know telling me telling you all the things that I think are wrong with you. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. Uh, listeners, you know how long that would have taken in English. <laughs> I've got the, the look. Team Chuck. Sincerely, a real girl who was not paid for this at all. Damn, but what? I didn't pay anybody. I've got mm-hmm. more. Look, I've got more. Hi, Chuck and Todd. I've got the one from Vegas and the one from uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. See? Yep. Girls like me. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with me. That's fine. I might have to take my shirt off again. No, please. Don't can, do it. I can do it right now. No. I'll just rip it right no. off. No, no. Hi, Chuck and Todd. Discovered your podcast a week or so ago. You know, you're at an age where you can give yourself a stroke. Look at that. the gun show. And I have to say the best thing. It's have to say it is the best. <laughs> I know. It's distracting. I have to say it is the best thing I listen to by far. Working my way through from the beginning and I'm up to episodes in the 50s. You never fail to make me laugh, and I want to get out there riding on an adventure. Well, he's in Australia. Isn't it just going out your front door? You go out your front door, you're on the wrong damn side of the road. Sidecars are on the wrong side of the bike. It's like, ah! Spiders. Mm, big ones. Koalas. Mm, drop bears. Dingoes. Mm. Ate your baby. Mm. Dingoes ate my baby. Love how you guys shoot the shit and cover a wide range of topics. And yes, even though it's obviously USA-based, right side sidecars forever, it is always interesting and entertaining. It's amazing how many cultural similarities there are between our two countries when it comes to bikes. Maybe a good idea for future episodes is people talking to quirky trends that are particular to a country or region. I like it. 
For example, you could look up Posty Bikes to see the madness that surrounds the humble Honda CT90 that's used by the postal services here. These are sold into the market once the postal service is finished with them, and there's a thriving subculture around them of people doing amazing things with them, including Outback Adventure Touring. He gives us a link to his site. Yeah. He's currently restoring a 78 Suzuki GS400 that started out as a very tired ex-Australian military bike. Well, the Australian military isn't really in a big hurry to get anywhere. It's not a classic, <laughs> but I like the look of the parallel twin, and working on it sure beats watching TV. When it's done and fires up, I'll send a couple of pics and a sound file. Anyway, keep up the good work, and I hope you take comfort with the fact that your fan base has expanded to include at least one more from Oz. Cheers, Adrian. Everything I know about Australia, I learned from watching the Mad Max movies. Oh, I see. So, okay. But there is a pretty good biker culture there. Yeah, yeah. And they all ride on, uh, on uh, oddly enough, 80s UJMs. Yeah, and they like... They like chaps. They like to show their ass. Uh huh. Lots of chaps Lots and, of uh, and and the coat with the with the feathers around the top. Yeah. I kind of yeah. want that coat. I'll be honest. <laughs> I think I could rock that. Don't you? Come on. I could rock the toe cutter coat. You know I could. That would work for me. Not many people can pull that off, but I'm pretty sure I'm one of them. We should get uh, your arrow stitch coat. <laughs> and toe cutter it up. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm sold. We have work to do. <laughs> Oh, man. What have you learned this week, Chuck? You're going to die in a fiery explosion after you get run over by an Australian? I suspected something of the sort. <laughs> what have you learned? I've learned that Chuck only has one voice at a time. <laughs> and that he's going to give himself a stroke because he's flexing a lot at that certain age. No. <laughs> That's all we got time for this week. Till next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Right, right. I can't do it, damn it. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you listen to us on iTunes, please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.